Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. That is the sound of a thousand terrible things heading this way. I love it when you talk to me like that. Because I want to rock and roll all night and party every day. Especially at 8 o'clock in the morning because everybody else is playing BS talk, talk, talk. I don't know. I just felt like the uh, the, the the old open might <clears throat> might uh, might might make it better. I hope that uh, I hope that you don't you're not you're not coming here to to <laughs> to hear that it's it's all going to be okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we'll get into it uh, f- first and foremost before get into anything at all. Uh, heart goes out to everybody in the Los Angeles area, out in uh, California, where the fires are raging out there and the you know, really is um impacting a, a large area and i know that uh, you know we got a lot of we got a lot of uh, west coast dogs out there and and you know uh god bless you guys and hope that uh, all is you know all, that <clears throat> that you're uh, that you're safe and that uh, that your that your stuff is all is all good and and you don't uh, you know suffer uh, in any meaningful way now <clears throat> so that's that's the that's the um the uh, the first part of this the 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 second one is like i say um the oh, i i i want to uh, <laughs> cut myself off again before i even get started and I'm sorry to be discombobulated here a little bit but um i'm i'm a little i'm a little shook i'm a little shaken a little little, little shooken over the activities of the last uh, several hours and uh, that probably sounds a little bit probably sounds a little bit better a little bit clearer there for you and i um so, um, welcome my name is easy weave this is easy does it on the dbn network where we are browns fans talking to browns fans uh, one of uh, a a, tr- a tremendously awesome browns fan is uh, Thelonious Seven who uh, had his he, he sent me his show and I just I've been I've been, I've been busy y'all and and the last couple of days I just you know I I wasn't able to get it um up on there and now i finally it's up now um it's 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 on there i haven't got i don't have an article for it but it's there but you'll have to don't don't you know um do not put any of the blame on him he's awesome he got it to me i just didn't get it up in time uh but for 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 distribution early on um but you know just it's it's still worth listening to Thelonious is awesome and you know that his the fact that that I am so deficient as a human being and my character is so uh perhaps fatally flawed that I you know that that I wasn't able to get the show up until after the the big news uh broke today Uh, so just don't hold that against him hold it a thousand percent against me where the where, where really where realistically your true ire should uh, should be long anyway uh so anyway i, I wanted to get that 
um, out of the way. As I said, the, the the first thing was, um, you know, hope, you know, it, hopefully everybody that's out there that's affected by the fires is uh, safe and, and just, you know, heart goes out to y'all. Second thing is I am, you know, I'm not going to, this is, there's, there's, there's no throwing in the towel here as far as, uh, I, I can't, there's, there's no, I, I can't, you know, um, ever stop, you know, the idea that, that this, that, that this stupidity would, uh, would cause me to say, okay, that's it. I'm done. I, and I have to be honest with you and I'll go through the whole timeline here. I haven't, you know, I haven't ingested all of everybody's, uh, point of view on all of this. I got, I've gotten a taste of it and this is, this is really um, you know, I don't. <clears throat> I, I today was one of those days, and it happened for me. Uh, I'm a busy guy, um, and and I was you know very heavily engaged in uh, my occupation, and thus uh, you know in the in the midst of of you know prosecuting that and and uh, you know going throughout the course of my busy day, accomplishing things and and doing you know a whole lot of whatnot and so forth. I get a uh, a text from Matt Mramer, and he is like. You know, he, he is, he, he is, <laughs> I don't know, the, the text digital version of uh, a raped ape. I don't know if any <laughs> if you guys remember that expression. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but he, he's, he's mad. Super mad. And, and he's like, yeah, again, talk about this. I'm so mad. And I'm like, I, I'm like, dude, I, I'm, you know, I, I've been working all day. I've been, you know, hustling nonstop. You know, what, what happened? And then he tells me. They fired Sashi, and Hugh was going to stay. And uh, you know, first of all, <laughs> get, to get somebody, you know, to get to get uh, you know <laughs> somebody going out of their way to let me know about this, you know, during the course of the day, you know, I, that, you know that something big, you know, happens, <clears throat> and then when you you know it's and somebody's mad about it, somebody that's reasonable like Mramer, you know, is, he's mad about it. And then he confirms, okay, it's 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 probably the worst thing, uh, honestly, the worst thing that we could have done was to fire Sashi Brown, a man who, in two years' time, has so subs- so substantively, so substantially, so overwhelmingly improved the Browns' roster and put us in a position to be successful that his firing today is and this my friends is powerful what i'm about to what i'm about to utter right here what i'm about to iterate is a very important thing <clears throat> thus it requires an additional clearing of the throat <clears throat> this is the stupidest thing that jimmy haslam has done since he has been the owner of the browns and that is an impressive list of accomplishments. I'm not going to go through all of that in this episode because what's the point? Um, I'm not. I, I, I've been very disappointed in a lot of the directions that he's gone and in the decisions that he's made, but this one is the stupidest. And I'm also going to um, turn a leaf here. Uh, we've uh, we, when engaged in these conversations on the threads, on the chow, and so forth, and, and out there, other way, and, and um, you know. Where we be talking about this stuff? The in, invariably, or maybe I should say inevitably, the or maybe it's the same thing. Distinction without a difference. The record one and twenty-seven. It's kind of thrown up. And <clears throat> look, I think that um, to an extent, 
that there should absolutely be some uh, justifiable finger pointing with that with that record in mind uh, in the direction of our head coach, who obviously is victorious here in the power struggle um, with his now vanquished foe, Sashi Brown, who is going to go build a champion for somebody. I, I am I have no problem saying that confidently right now today. Uh, December the 7th, uh, 2017, a day that we will certainly regret. Um, The extent to which remains to be seen. Um, But, you know, not to get sidetracked here. Because you know what? That can happen to me. When considering this, I have countered, and I've, I've tried to come at this a couple of different ways. And I don't have the exact numbers in front of me right now because it's just it doesn't matter because I'm not going to cite them anymore. But I would point out that we're like now four and forty nine or whatever the hell uh, in our last fifty uh, three however many games, and that goes back to the final five games of 2014. So that is the current streak of futility actually goes back that far, uh, a full three and a half seasons now. Well, I guess three full seasons if you just count the where we where we are this year combined with the back end of uh, 2014. Be that as it may. You go back further than that, and I've pointed out, I think the record now is uh, like 34 and 115 or something. Uh, If you go back to the beginning of 2009 when we began the uh, practice of replacing our head coach and and front office uh, every other year, uh, for that entire period of time up until now. The caveat to that being that we had Holmgren Heckert for three years, but we and and by the way, those guys performed the best so far of any of any of the people that we've that we're talking about. But the uh that's that's also offset by the fact that or I should say balanced, averaged by the fact that um Bambardi Chud only got one year. So, you know, that that's that's where we've been uh, up until now. So that's and then the other record is that oh uh, the one that I, uh, I I it's the one for um uh, what do you call it the, uh, the the factory of sadness it's something like I don't have these numbers in front of me and I know that the number for um since the, we started the franchise is something like eighty eight and two eleven. These are not, and, and by the way, following along numbers when somebody is talking about it, it's, it's, I realize it's it's a, it's a it's a dumb way to broadcast. But I'm just I'm 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 just I'm I'm j- I'm jab I'm I'm you know I'm I'm jiving with you people here. I'm jiving with you people here. Yeah, that's how people talk. <laughs> I'm having a rough time with all of this, so I'm just being I'm just you know kind of uh, you know bearing my my thoughts uh, as they uh, as, as they come into my brain as, as opposed to trying to uh, be cogent and talented and whatever in doing all of this. All of that, all of that bluster to say that from now on I'm only going to cite one number. That's it. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to concentrate on one and twenty-seven, on thirty-four and one fifteen, or an eighty-eight and two eleven. Whatever the hell they all. I, I'm. I don't care. That's that is not the number I am going to focus on. From now on, the only number that I am going to care about, focus on, and cite as relevant because it is the only number that is relevant is nineteen and sixty-six. That is the record of the Cleveland Browns since Jimmy Haslam took over this ball club, and it is. Very much for the the reason for our current futility is, and for that record, is because of the decisions that he has made. To the the extent to which now he uh, is being assisted by um, 
his uh, his lovely uh, uh, wife D Haslam. It, you know, who knows? But uh, it, 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 the the idea that he would have learned from his previous mistakes of what I, I would consider to be fairly obvious previous mistakes of blowing everything up, you know, well before you've given anything a chance to, um, you know, mature has proven to be a dead loser, has proven to be, well, you know, pointed out the record. But um, at, at this point, it's it's not it's not worth um, including the final couple of years of of uh, Randy Lerner's tenure because Randy Lerner you know Randy Lerner probably and he was the, the the opposite right he was the guy that was just like he tried to hire guys that it, and maybe I, I don't know I don't know I don't know either one of these people so you know this is all just you know we're just talking here but Randy you know I, maybe he, I'm sure he wanted the Browns to win but he just you know he didn't he know he didn't know anything he knew he didn't know anything so he tried hiring people that he thought knew stuff and those guys for the most part you know didn't work out for whatever reason uh probably because they were you know not not good for the most part but he at least you know Randy gave a couple of guys a legitimate shot you know he gave Butch you know four years he gave uh Romeo four years and then he got a little itchy trigger finger at the end of the time. I, I, I think, honestly, the, the move um, that really pivoted everything was when Romeo got fired. You bring in Mangini. But even then, Mangini, you know, if they wouldn't have... Uh, and, and I think this is what happened is that kind of towards the end... I, I, don't, I don't know this, but maybe he was already kind of thinking that uh, he was going to sell the team. But if nothing else, he was anxious. So, you know, he uh, then goes about uh, selling the team and the last... You know, gasp effort um, was to well, and this was actually Holmgren at this point, so maybe not last gasp effort, but the effort that was made by you know the fellow that he put in charge uh, was to put you know Shermer in charge. So again, and then Haslam comes in, and by the way, <laughs> uh, it's interesting going back and looking at this. You know that the first six games of. Uh, of, of of Jimma's um, tenure as owner, the Browns went four and two in his first six games. I mean, four and two. I mean, like anybody that's like anybody that's like not been a part of all this, it, it, that you know, hears me talk about you know like uh, four and two, like what's four and two is like, you know, that's like paradise compared to you know where 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 we've been. Again, I'm we've been we went four and fifty at this point. That's not exaggeration. That's that's if that's not the record, that's pretty close to what the record is. And but then we we lost three in a row to end the uh, the twenty twelve season, and uh, it was time to to kick everybody the hell out. Uh, okay, and and you know here's the thing: you can go and you you can go back and you can justify doing that. And uh, to me, you get you know you fire those guys regardless of whatever. And look, they they, they you know they they are the ones that brought in T Rich and Weeds. So yeah, okay, that's that's pretty egregious, and especially to have done that after you know three years, that sounds pretty stupid. That that's dumb. Uh, so we we then bring in Ban Barty and uh, and Chud, but then and then we eighty six them after one year, and even at that, you think um, I, the, the the Chud thing. If I get into that, that that's just gonna make me mad. Um, all over again. Point is, you know, it's fine that you decide that you're going to can those guys 
uh, because you know you're the new guy. You're more hands on. You're not Randy. You know, and and Randy. These were Randy's guys, and Randy's guys. After two years, they sucked. So let's get rid of them. I'm gonna do things my way. I am truck stock Jim Hemma. <sighs> hee haw. I know, but he, he he then goes into the th- the next season where we went four and twelve. Cans everybody again. Point is that first six games that was the best that it ever was for for us. Well, I guess the start of the uh, the, the 2014 season, we're seven and four, but then at the at the end of all that, we we end up going, uh, you know, zero and five, and then from there, we you know we we've been since then since the end of the 2014 season, we've won a total of four games, including none uh, here in 2017, and you know, look at I'm sitting here blaming you know uh, Haslam for all of this. I am, no doubt about it, unequivocally blaming Jimmy Haslam for the futility. I have very expressly not gone on the blame game for all of this. I've more or less talked about what the process is and what it has been, what our process has been. We have had a process. It has been to bring people in, you know, let them start rebuilding the franchise. They get about, you know, maybe halfway, maybe, you know, a little over halfway through the process before we decide we're done with it, we're canning everybody, and we start over all over again. And every time we do that, you know, the revolution of activity, every time that happens, every time that happens, what we end up doing is the new guy comes in. If you have fired the previous front office, it's because... You disapproved of the job that they did, right? Is there really anything to argue about that? Okay. So if you disagree with the job that was done, well, the job of the GM is to do what? Acquire talent. If you don't like the job that the GM did, that means that you probably don't like the talent that the GM brought in. Thus, if you bring in a new guy, you are saying to him, we would like for you to replace the talent that we have on the roster with new talent. And that's more than a little infuriating, given that two years ago, less than two years ago, we started this process by gutting the roster, a process that everybody was all in on, that we announced to the world we were going to embark upon, that was going to require patience, that was going to require that we stay the course, even if things are bad, even if things are as bad as they have been. And yeah, we come here every week and we know how bad things have been. We see how damn bad everything is and how bad things are. But you know, you're never going to build the house if every time you get not even, you know, past the point of getting the foundation up, you decide that it's time to tear it down and start all over again every other year. Every other year. This time we didn't even get through the full two seasons. Hugh Jackson is going to remain as head coach. And the way that, um, I don't know if it was meant this way, but the way that, um, and maybe he didn't even write it this way, but the, w- the way that I read Chris's original uh, post about this on, uh, on on the site was that Hugh was going to be the coach into the 2018 season. Because clearly, I mean, you know, the, the, the writing is on the wall for him as well. You know, 1-27 in 27 is probably what, you know, old truck stop is up there complaining about. And Hugh was saying, I can't, 
you know, do anything about this because of, uh, you know, of Sashi. Given the the press conference, and now I'm, I'm glad that I parsed it, uh, you can go back and listen to, I forget, you know, it was a, it was a couple of weeks back, uh, I did a, a special where I parsed the Sashi Brown uh, press conference where I came away thinking that this guy was going to be the, the the GM, you know, heading into um, the next season. It seemed pretty pretty. It, it seemed pretty clear to me. Um, but you know, uh, uh, <laughs> Hugh was there saying that you know Sashi's not giving me the talent. <clears throat> I would imagine, given Sashi's demeanor uh, during the press conference, that he was probably saying, "Okay, look, whatever. The most important thing is that you know we stick together here as a team." That hasn't been the uh, and, and, and I, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm just extrapolating onto Sashi what I think would be the the prudent um, corporate attitude and environment if you were trying to build a winning organization, which clearly we are not. But um, but Sashi was, and as I say, he's going to go be successful somewhere else. I I, I am absolutely 100 percent positive about that. But. Uh, but you know, at, at the same time, you know, I, I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm obviously very uh, worked up and agitated over all of this. At the same time, you know, as I say, I, I can't, um, I can't stop, you know, loving the Browns. It's just, it's just not really possible. Um, I, I just can't, you know, I, I can't, I, I can't even, um, you know, stop, you know, the, the idea when when considering this in the past, it's, it's not even that I could stop you know loving the browns the only you know possible option is that i could you know stop watching the nfl altogether and really just stop watching football altogether i don't i don't you know, there's no way that i could just watch college football and not and i mean i i don't know that uh it just it's just not <clears throat> and honest honestly the reason that I've, I've always loved football as much as i have is because of the browns the browns are the reason that i love football as much as i do i do love football um, outside of the Browns, I mean, it's it's not. I could watch any two, you know, football teams basically at any level play each other because I love the game. I love the game more than I love the game of baseball or the game of basketball. I I, I certainly uh, do love those two sports and in, you know, in their own way. Uh, but and, and but really, way 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 more so than I love baseball. I love the Indians, and way more so than I love basketball. Uh, I love the Cavaliers, and but the Browns, you know. There's, you know, there's kind of a, you know, a, a, a priority. There's, you know, there's like God, family, country, you know, and the Browns. It's, it's like that's, it's kind of the order. Um, and, and then everything kind of descends, you know, from there. And so, I mean, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, I, I could not, you know, continue existing in this world, in this life. I mean, you know, obviously, barring, you know, World War Three or whatever. Uh, but I mean, I, I could not exist in this in this life not you know loving the Browns any more than I could remove my heart from my body and continue to you know physically live. It's it's just not it's just not possible. And so while I am um, very uh, upset, you know, uh, I'm very agitated. You know, at the same time. Yeah, and and I'm and I'm very much pointing the finger of blame. Uh, you know, at the same time, you know, it's it's very it's very 
I'm very cognizant of the fact that uh, he doesn't, you know, have to care what I think about anything, and I, I have no reason to believe that he that he would, or you know, and, it, and certainly from his perspective, should. I'm just going by, you know, my perspective because I've been at this longer than he has, from the standpoint of you know following the the machinations and and wanting the success of this team. Uh, I've, I've seen this big picture play out, you know, since before he came along and, and started. But I've also watched him, and it's uh, it's it's been very disappointing. I, I would have now look. Um, having said all of that, you know, he's still the owner, and while uh, you know, it's it's like at one point uh, I remember in a in a in a, uh, a particularly precarious situation, uh, somebody on a team uh, on 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 which I was a, a member or a part or a side or what have you. He said, you know, we are in a, in a spot here where we are hanging by a thread. So what can we do with a thread? <laughs> and the idea was, okay, it's kind of like, I think I've mentioned this before, that there I, I had a guy that, um, well, I, I didn't have a guy. I worked for a company on whose property a guy that I knew leased us uh, the 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 business that we uh, we were we were operating out of, and the gentleman had in his office when he walked into it, it was a and I've seen this before as a picture of a pelican, and it had just swallowed uh, a frog, and uh, but and the frog is just about down uh, his throat and into his belly, but he's got just enough of his two arms hanging out of the uh, pelican's mouth uh, down around his neck, just strangling the hell out of it. <laughs> and the caption underneath is, never give up. And I love that. And, and, and just in life, uh, I, I, I love that. I love that whole... I love, I love that, that spirit. You know, never give up. That's something, that's something very quintessential, quintessentially Browns fanzian. That, you, that we never give up. The fact that we are all here. The fact that you are hearing me. The fact that I am talking to you and that you are hearing me. The fact that I am a guy that cares enough to set all this crap up to do this and to talk about it because I care, for no other reason than because I care about it so passionately and that you care enough about it and about this team to listen to it speaks to a uh, an, an almost... Um, uh, unhealthy, uh, you know, almost psychological, you know, uh, psychotic <laughs> devotion uh, that is rooted in never give up, as in never give up the hope that eventually we can stop being the absolute laughing stop stock of professional sports. Um, it's not a gimmick for me, and, and I'm sure it's not for you either. I don't follow this team because it's just like this freak thing that, oh, you know, what's it like to be a Browns fan? I mean, you know, it's like they're always so bad, but there's people that, like, actually, like, care about them, you know? Like, what's that like? What's it like to, like, be one of those people where you just, you know, you just like a team that's just such a joke like that? I mean, what's it? You know, there there are people that, that, that exist. They're like that, 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 you know, that, that feign, uh, whatever interest or, or what have you, that ain't, that ain't me, my friends, the, the, this, my, my, my love affair with this franchise goes back, um, you know, multiple decades and it 
very much. I mean, not not to the extent that the old old timers. I mean, the guys like you know Ska and uh, and Chuck. You know, it's, it's like it's like Ska was there. Uh, you know, as as Rome burned, uh, but Chuck built it. <laughs> you know, it's, that's basically the order. Um, they uh, they they you know, they they were they you know at, well, at least Chuck saw some of the the uh, glory days, like when they were actually. You know, a the, the cock of the walk in the NFL. They were, the, you know, they at one at one time. At, this actually is true. At one time, the Browns were known as the New York Yankees of football, and it's just kind of disgusting to think about that in so many ways now, years later. But it's true. Uh, we were, you know, eight championships. Uh, it's it's pretty impressive feat, but uh, none in a none in now fifty four, fifty three years. And certainly uh, none on the horizon uh, anytime uh, very soon. But having said all that, just having said all that, because I'm not, tr- I'm, I'm not trying to uh, just be you know Mr. Debbie Downer here as far as what we're uh, what, what what the future holds. Because really, um, I, I am I, I I have to uh, b- before before I um, you know get into what, you know, the, the, what I was about to what I was about to say. Furthermore, that's a perfect place for furthermore, I guess. I really do, you know, I, I want to commend the job that Sashi Brown did as the, 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 the executive vice president of football operations for his time with the Browns. And I understand that for a lot of people, Carson Wentz is it and then Deshaun Watson is it. And that's the only thing that matters. And because he got those evaluations, quote unquote, wrong. That's the only thing that matters, and so he deserves what he gets. We're one and twenty-seven. Okay, fine. That's uh, that's all well and good, and I don't begrudge you that perspective. Uh, to a large extent, I share it, especially in the case of Carson Wentz. Watson, you know, I'm I'm not I'm still I need to see Watson do anything close to what he did this year for a full season. I, I, and I'm not saying that he's not going to. I'm just saying I got to see that before I'm going to uh, join in on the uh, the navel gazing and the uh, the caterwauling and uh, you know and 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 the the self pity of not taking either one of those guys. But you know what? Um, I I do hope that this ends that. I do hope that now that's that's. Oh, I mean, other than LOL Browns and people are going to. Uh, bring it up just because uh, just because it's like the drive the fumble and everything else I don't want I mean if from now on that conversation because the guy that he's now paid the price uh, he's now paid the death penalty for for that egregious error and whatever else I mean I, that's probably not the reason why it's probably just a power struggle that he lost with with you uh, but the, the the point is now and I'm not happy saying this either um. Uh, well, uh, let me uh, again. Let me let me let me let me let me finish the thought on Sashi here, because in in two off seasons, he took an old, expensive, bad, and really, um, I would say probably psychologically mind effed roster. After not just because a lot of those guys, you realize that Mitchell Schwartz, Travis Benjamin, Tayshawn Gibson. And Alex Mack, Alex Mack even more so, but all of those guys had played for like, in in the case of the guys that had been around the longest, it was like four coaches in five years or three coaches in four years, depending on where they were in their uh, career arc. I mean, that is an absurd amount of transition 
And over that entire period of time, the only thing that we were consistent about was being a lousy team that lost. And every one of those players are, are and were right to leave and go someplace where they could experience at least the chance for some success. And all of them did. And I'm not, you know, I don't begrudge any. I, I also happen to think that it was the right decision to do that because of the fact that, you know, none of those guys were really going to be part of the long-term solution. They were all guys that were contributing members of a 3-13 and season. Whatever, all that's, you know, water under the bridge. Point is, is that other than Benji, because the wide receiver position um, certainly is uh, the most uh, uh, suspect on the roster outside of quarterback and also uh, safety, but uh, the rest of, of those guys have have all been, and as well as all of the rest of the position groups, have been replaced with better talent that is under uh, contract long-term cheaper. And we are very well positioned with a just enormous amount of uh, resources heading into the 2018 offseason. Every position group except for quarterback, wide receiver, and safety, is better than when Sashi took it over. All of them. The running back position, it had Crow and it had Duke. It also had uh, that dude Turbin. I think that, uh, uh, I don't know if actually if he was on the roster at the end of the of the year uh, anyway. Uh, so we added days. Okay, so that's a wash. <clears throat> I think we had Malcolm Johnson was our fullback. We had Vitaly now. That's, a, that's an upgrade. The wide receivers, we had Dwayne Bowe, we had Brian Hartline, we had... By the way, this is off memory, I'm not even looking at this up, so if I got somebody wrong, sorry, I don't mean to be. I don't mean, I don't mean to mislead anybody. I do not mean to be disingenuous, I'm just, I just, I'm just, you know, just being real. But we had, uh, I mentioned those guys, Bowe and, uh, and Hawk, you know, I uh, would certainly, I certainly... Would would like to have had Hawk on the team this year, no doubt about it. Not to say that he's you know anything special, but he'd been a damn sight better than the guys that we had on. I understand uh, not uh, carrying him on the team, but I just it would have been certainly after uh, Coleman went down. But even he has been uh, disappointed. So whatever the wide receiver position, you can say, you can say that the uh, 2015 wide receiver, you can say that Ray Farmer's wide receivers uh, overall were better than what we have right now. I don't know. Whatever. I don't care. Uh, it's 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 a wash to me. It was it was loud. It was it's it was bad then. It's bad now. Um, whatever. It, it, you can't. It wasn't all going to get done in two off seasons anyway. But the tight end position, we had good guy Gary. We had. Um, uh, we had, we had drafted Telfer, but he was on uh, IR. Uh, we had somebody else, and we also had Rob Hausler. Oh, we had uh, Dr. Dre, and we had uh, Rob Hausler. So, you know, uh, and now we have Njoku, we have the Valve, and we got the dude uh, from New England. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but uh, it'll, it'll come to me when I'm talking about something else. And we also still have uh, Telfer. Uh, so, I mean, the wide receiver posi- or the, the tight end position, I would say, particularly when you, when you consider – uh, I would say you know performance right now, but also especially if you consider long term potential and you know contract and, and length and all that, 
is uh, in, it, way better, way better than what we had going on. The offensive line, um, you know, Joe, you know, his future uh, remains to be seen. By the way, uh, if, you, if, if, if anybody knows Joe Thomas, if for no other reason than to fast forward now, I think this is like, you know, 30, almost like, like 35 minutes or so into this, 34 minutes. If, if, or if you know somebody that knows him, you can pass it along to him. I, for no other reason than just because, hey, man, brother, I, I love you. And we had this little podcast network set up for the most prominent and the best Brown fan site on the planet dogsbynature.com and brother it would be a flat honor if you would um uh you know uh add the first (laughs) podcast in nfl history to our lineup i understand if we are way too uh hayseed for you and way too backwater and we're not you know it's i i I get it you know i and i i will humbly uh you know step aside i'm just you know i'm just some nobody out here i'm the definition of a jag i'm just asking you know if you want to if you want to we're browns fans talking to browns fans if you want to be a part of that brother i mean i'm just I'm, i'm inviting you with open arms so if anybody you know feels like uh passing that 30 seconds along and and has the ability to do it then you know by all means because because that would be that would be sweet but uh, but more importantly than that i really sincerely hope that joe comes back and plays next year because he is you know he was having a another um you know all pro season and a hall of first ballot hall of fame career and i very much would like to see him come back and uh protect the blind side for whoever it is we are going to draft with most probably the number one overall selection uh, in the 2018 uh, upcoming draft, uh, we uh, we shall see on that. But then uh, you know, Batonio is uh, you know you know he's a wash is uh, but but he is under contract, so you know that's a good situation. Uh, Treader is better than uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, 2015. We had. Yeah, we didn't have Irving at center. We, we had Alex Mack, but he was gone, so Irving was essentially the option. So that's, you know, Treader's better, certainly, in that regard. Zeitler is, you know, marginal upgrade over uh, Greco. Um, and at very least, Coleman is as as good as Schwartz was. Or is that out of bounds? Is it out of bounds to say that uh, Sean Coleman is as good as, as uh, Mitchell Schwartz? He has more penalties. I think that he does commit more penalties than uh, Schwartz did. But you know what? He hasn't had two um, absolute got dominated his face off games like uh, Schwartz had against Doomerville and uh, and and Wake at the beginning of the 2013 campaign. So I if it if not an upgrade certainly it's uh it's 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 pretty close. I think that at best you can say that the line is a wash, but it is retooled for better long term success. But it's actually better, uh, and I think it's performed better. You know, of course, up until uh, Joe got hurt. Defensive line, I mean, look, it, it's not even close yeah, okay we had, we get we had rookie shelton now we have three-year shelton uh right, you can call that a wash but you look at the rest of the guys that we have on the interior with coley and with uh, ogan joby and brantley and compare that to desmond brand meter you know meter was on both those teams you compare that to um um you know cooper and des bryant you know, not only better but much better you look at the edge position with paul kruger and barkevius mingo versus miles garrett and uh, emmanuel agba you know n- not only better but way better you look at the linebacker position and yeah carlos carlos dansby was a good player uh, but jamie collins is a better player and younger 
Uh, the outside, it, well, I mean, then you also have, uh, I think we had Craig Robertson, which w- because he played inside backer, yeah, would equate to one of the outside backer roles that we have right now, which is either going to be Kirksey, who is also on the team. So, you know, is Schobert better than uh, than Robertson? Yeah, <laughs> by a lot. And sorry, if, if I'm not, you know, making all of this very uh, lucid for uh, for your consumption, I'm sorry. And you can take me to task in the comment section of the website, dogsbynature.com, and the article that will accompany it. Um, but uh, as I say, the uh, the the I, overall the front seven. I think that I think that the linebacking core is not only better, but much much better than it was in 2015. The cornerbacks, yeah, Joe Joe Hayden had a good reputation at this point in 2015, but he had a lousy year in 2015. And honestly, honestly, if we're gonna be real, it's just it's just the two of us, right? It's just it's just us. We're just talking. Don't tell anybody I said this, but. He was he was pretty bad at the end of 2014 as well. He was he was good for a good portion of that year, but for a guy that was you know that was that was talking a lot, he really uh, fell off uh, towards towards the end. Uh, pardon me, I have to uh, I have to take a drink. Sorry, I don't normally subject you people to that sort of uh, uh, broadcasting malpractice, but the, you know today's <clears throat> you'll have to uh, forgive me some agua during these trying times. But the uh, the the uh, linebacker, the full front seven, the whole you know that whole area, as I say, is much improved. When you move on to cornerback, Hayden was basically uh, existing by reputation at this point. Um, as far as I'm concerned, was not very good in 2014, at, especially towards the end of it. Was injured and bad in 2015. Uh, so we replaced him as the number one quarterback with Jason McCourty, who has been legitimately uh, the best cornerback in the NFL this season, if you believe some metrics. Not Certainly not by um, you know gross interceptions or what have you, but um, he, he's he's certainly in uh, the, the running. He's you know I, I doubt he's going to have uh, like all pro or anything because he plays for the Browns. But he's had that sort of year. So, okay, and it, okay, you disagree with that? Fine. He's better, way better, than Joe Hayden was in 2015. So then you compare uh, Breon Body Calhoun and Jamar Taylor to who we had lined up after him, which was uh, Tremont Williams and uh, who else? Who else did we have? Who else? Have? Oh, yeah, I remember who else we had. Justin Gilbert and Pierre Desir. That's who we had, and, and whoever we drafted. We drafted, like, uh, uh, Carlos Gaines or whoever, or, Char- or Charles Gaines. Why do I think he was Carlos? Anyway, uh, that was our; that, those were our cornerbacks. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I would say that we upgraded uh, in that time. And then you look at the safety position, and okay, uh, I'll, I'll hand it to you. Uh, Dante Whitner and Tayshawn Gibson were better than what we have right now, or at least the performance of what we had uh, up to this point. Yeah, but those guys, I mean, <clears throat> if you want to talk about some bad play, the, the, the play of the safety position in 2015 was not much better, if at all, than what we have gotten this year. Although, Whitner uh, did get better as the season went along. He, he had, you know, he kind of had his pride hurt uh, because he, he had a very, 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 very bad beginning of the season. But he, you know, he he righted the ship a little bit towards uh, towards the end, and and I'll I will I will give him that because I am fair and because also he's a Buckeye, and uh, and I'm loyal. So, but uh, Gibson, he, he was pretty much just lousy the whole year. <clears throat> so you know, it is what it is. 
we uh we we've got we had we have bad safeties now but we had bad safeties that we let go so again all right it's kind of like the wide receiver position kind of like the quarterback position i kind of jumped right over that right i kind of went through the entire position oh we had travis coons and now we have zane gonzalez all right whatever you tell me whichever one you like i'll take zane because he doesn't have the trajectory problem uh andy lee for colquitt colquitt you know colquitt's good and of course you remember andy lee just refused to tackle and I know that that's not right, but I just like goading people. But I skipped right over... Oh, yeah, Benji was a better return guy than Peppers. Okay, cool. Still, gone through the entire roster there. Obviously, the the glaring thing is the quarterback position. So we had Drago, we had Austin Davis, and we had Billy Mupkin Vegas. So we compare that to Kid Zeppelin, Cod, and uh, uh, Hogger. I don't know. You, I, I mean, I guess McCown, McCown in 2015 is probably the best quarterback play we've had. I don't know since uh, it, certainly since Da um, and, and Da. A lot of that was kind of well, smoke and mirrors as well. Drago had legitimately a a good 2015. See, he played the quarterback position well for us for most of 2015. We just had a terrible defense, which mostly had to do with talent, but also had a lot to do with scheme. But you know, a lot of it had to do with talent, and we've essentially completely rebuilt the defense. And I don't really know. Actually, I don't. I don't. I don't know if, if our options right now were Drago, uh, Vegas, and uh, Austin Davis, who, as Crawford pointed out, is just so boring that you, I couldn't even come up with a nickname for him. Um, I, I I don't really know that that's that would be worse than what we have right now, except for the relative unknown that is Kaiser. You know, Kaiser is you know a guy that. But I mean, at this point, when you just fired the guy that drafted him, yeah, I don't really I I I, I think if you're kid Zeppelin, you're like I got to go out there, I got to win, I got to throw 500 yards, I got to go, I got to throw 10 touchdowns. I mean, it's and I'm, that's probably going to cause him to make mistakes in a game that I think that we could win this week. And I hope that we do win this week. I really desperately hope that we win this week. That would certainly uh, it wouldn't make everything better because this was this is an unforced error. What we did today is something that we didn't have to do. And because we did it, we have taken a step back as an organization. How severe that back step is going to be remains to be seen and is going to be entirely dependent on the choices that we make um, next. And all I can say is that uh, the history would indicate that um, the, the, the decision maker is probably going to hire somebody that he's going to fire. We'll see. Maybe, you know, maybe they'll just, maybe they'll just uh, do, you know, I've been saying uh, all year that if they were going to fire Hugh, that they could uh, promote from within, and that would be the best way to, you know, provide some continuity and some you know progression from from year to year and and try to keep things together as an organization and uh, i i i've <laughs> I, I was i was for that and, and now i guess we can we can look at uh, that same type thing uh in this case and so maybe the move now is to uh, promote ryan grigson to uh, straight up gm how'd you like that by the way, that's something that um, I'm going to uh, get to as well. I, I haven't received uh, a, a, an, e- an email that uh, that he's cool with it, 
but no, I, I don't uh, assume that. I don't assume that uh, that he won't be. Um, but Rufio in the in this kind of uh, post chain that we do for uh, um. There's like this email group between people that write for for the website, and so he was he put in there, and maybe he posted this elsewhere, but it was basically the worst case scenario, uh, like as far because somebody said it, it it couldn't get worse or or it could definitely get worse, and so he writes writes this entire litany of stuff. I am debating whether or not to to read it all. It's extensive and it is quite comprehensive in terms of exactly the recipe for. Um, it it just being over forever, and and I gotta be honest with you, people. I I I was as I was driving, uh, to the microphone here, thinking about how I was going to talk to you about this. I, I was I was very very tempted to just open with and and come at it with the attitude of it's over, from the standpoint of it's never ever going to get better, because we have a guy that is chronically incapable of seeing a plan to fruition. I'm not. I'm not going to go there, and and not because I'm. I'm just trying to be Pollyanna. I just. I, I'm. I'm just. Not, I'm not going to go there because I don't. I, it's not in my heart, and I've. I've. And it's not in my mind either. I. You know. I. I, I always try to um, beat back my initial uh, emotional reaction to whatever is is, is happening, uh, and or to to fend against the con- the conventional wisdom on on whatever uh, thing breaks out and and is immediately uh, assumed. Uh, in in the public uh, psyche and, and so forth, but uh, and something like this, you know, I have my immediate and, and and it's 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 sad. I mean, it's 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 just very very you know very sad. But again, after going through all of that, obviously um, the, the 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 move, or I should say, the moves that and and there may be by the time you hear this, you may have already read. I got to tell you, I I I I got the text from Matt. And I, you know, kind of went back and forth with him a little bit. Um, I then had a little bit of an exchange here, back and forth with uh, the guys on on the email chain, and a little bit of just the article, just a little bit of a couple. Oh, and I have a, um, a also a interaction with Manly and Forth and Corey. So I, it's kind of like the you know the people that I I, I regularly consort with, or you know, on a, on a more regular basis than I do otherwise, right? Just just from hanging out on the, on the site, you know. Like, Kind of got the pulse from them right up front, but I, so I, there may be things about this that are known that I don't know about because I haven't spent an enormous amount of time. Literally, the first chance I got after getting done with what turned out to be a a, a long day. I'm not complaining, but it was you know it was just a long day. First opportunity I had, I got to here, so that way I could. Um, talk to you about this so if something else comes out that i don't know about you know and and thus uh, what i'm saying is rendered uh ir- irrelevant then forgive me i'm i'm doing the best i can here based on uh the knee jerk of basically finding out about this at uh, around i don't know three o'clock and then having to um be in engaged heavily in what I was, you know, doing for for my work up until pretty late into the evening, and then really just having the opportunity to do nothing but contemplate it and not really uh, spend any actual, you know, time investigating who said what, where, to how, and 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 I did read Haslam's statement. I read Sashi's statement. 
I think that Sashi was quite magnanimous, and it, I'm, I'm sad to see him go. I thought that he was a super pro. I thought he did an excellent job. I think, and and I, I read, uh, you know, the, the, the Brown statement, and, you know, whatever, it's what I would expect. Uh, but again, this I would have to assume here, again, unless it's, it's specifically pointed out otherwise, that this has to do with not uh, drafting Carson Wentz, not taking him at number two, instead trading down to Philadelphia, where we then traded down to Tennessee and acquired a boatload of picks that to this day is uh, reaping a, a ton of benefits to the roster. Uh, I, I kind of went over um, the, the entire roster a few moments ago in terms of the guys that are on the team right now and uh, that are going to be part of the team. Every, every one of those players that I mentioned earlier are under contract, um, except for Isaiah Crowell. And, you know, that, that may or may not be relevant. But, we, but what is relevant is that we've got probably six picks in the top 65 going into the 2018 draft because Sashi got those picks damn it I mean that's what's so frustrating about this Sashi did an excellent job acquiring all of that draft capital but you know it happened because we didn't take the goofy ginger who's now quarterbacking the Eagles to a possible Super Bowl um you know I mean that's that's and and that's damned unfortunate but, you know, I mean, you make these decisions in real time and you do this without the benefit of hindsight. And there's a lot that, I mean, look, Hugh Jackson went to uh, Wentz's pro day. He was the only one that did because there was a snowstorm in South Dakota. And so Hugh was the only guy that was able to get, you know, over the river and through the woods. And he got there, but nobody else did. And yet, you know, we decided not to, uh, to draft the kid. Is it really the case? And maybe this has been, uh, you know, I, I have heard specifically the other, the, the opposite of this, you know, may, but maybe it's the case that Hugh really wanted Wentz and Sashi said, nope, I don't like him. I don't like gingers. All right, fine. So that's what happened. Um, but then I, I, that's, <laughs> that's a disclaimer that didn't happen. You know what? It did happen. Believe I, I want you to believe that that's how it, that's how it all went down. <laughs> but then in, in, uh, 2012, in, uh, 2012, then in tw- last year to this year, 2017, you know, Deshaun Watson is a guy. Oh, actually, uh, further than that, it was basically uh, the, the conventional wisdom that there was no quarterbacks that were worth taking number one overall. But evidently, there was a quarterback taking, taking, worth taking number two overall, and that was, of course, Mitchell Trubisky. And the guy that I wanted was uh, Patrick Mahomes, who went tenth uh, to the, uh, the 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 chefs. And if uh, you know, if if you if 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 the word on the street were to be believed, we got jumped in that scenario. That Kansas City got the the beat on us, and they moved up to to get the guy that we wanted. And uh, you know, if that's the case, if Hugh really want, and Hugh did kind of uh, complain about it after you know draft night, that uh, you know we tried to get somebody, and you know uh, we we did end up getting uh, Deshaun Kaiser and Brock Osweiler, but you know. Uh, I'm talking about serious uh, quarterback options here. So, yeah, uh, you know, Sashi did not, you know, deliver on getting a quarterback, even though he had a chance to get a good one there. And, yeah, I I was a fan of Deshaun Watson coming into the draft. I certainly did not expect him to play at the level that he played at coming into, you know, the league as quickly as he did. And, yes, I think that um, because I don't want to come across sounding like sour grapes or like I'm rooting for his failure because... I um I want uh to 
uh, for us to have been proven right. Because ultimately, it doesn't matter at this point. The damage is done. Sashi's gone. So it doesn't matter what happens in Deshaun Watson's career. And honestly, I wasn't rooting against him or rooting for him to fail anyway. I was and am skeptical that the way that he plays is going to enable him to be an effective, healthy quarterback for the Texans and you know able to get them past you know the hump to the next level where they want to be um over a, a long duration and be that guy i'm not saying he can't do it and certainly he displayed a an, an nfl readiness that was off the charts so you know obviously the game is not you know too much for him and he's he's you know i'm, I'm it could happen i just got to see it before you know Wentz had a very you know solid rookie season by by the standards that you I mean and I know people there are some people that I think are I think are doing exactly what I just described myself as as not doing and and looking for reasons and looking for warts on Wentz yeah the guy he had a rookie year you know rookie quarterbacks generally don't look good hello it's nothing new about this and Wentz kind of, you know, he derped around a little bit, but eventually, you know, he he you know he he got through, and they were seven and nine. You realize that seven and nine is tied for the third best seasons we have had since the return, and yet we're we're, we're saying that this guy Wentz is is lousy because he had you know he he finished the year. Now, I know wins are not a quarterback stat, but. You know, if the quarterback plays bad, then you don't win many games, right? Right. Okay. We're on the same page there. So this year, the guy looks like an MVP. And I still, and I see people, I mean, you know, Dartho, I love you, brother, but, you know, he's out there saying that, well, they haven't played anybody. <sighs> they're 10 and 2. They've, they're, they're good. And they're good because he's good. And he could have been ours, and I wish we would have drafted him. I got no problem saying that. But you know what? I also am really happy with what we did do as far as the haul that we were able to get and the way that we were able to multiply that into the gargantuan able, uh, amount of draft capital, which leads directly to this offseason where actually, factually, really, I'm not just pulling your leg. We can, and I'm, <laughs> I'm for real, seriously saying here... Next year's quarterback class is pretty groovy, y'all. It is it is the cat's pajamas. It is the bee's knees. There are three guys that are legitimate, I mean, blue chip talents at the position. We should have the ability to pick any of them. And my I have no problem saying this at all. Um, and by the way, this will definitely go a long way towards um, making me feel a lot better about what happens today. If whoever it is that is ultimately, even if it is Hugh Jackson, and I'm, yeah, I, I will get to him. I haven't gotten to him yet, but I will get to him. No matter who it is, <clears throat> if they draft Baker Mayfield with the first pick, then I'll be cool. Because that's my guy, y'all, 100%. I got no problem right now. And I'll tell you this. <laughs> and you can tell me I'm wrong. I got no problem I got no problem eating crow, being told that I was a big stupid idiot head for making a prediction. And be, I will make a bold prediction because I have a conviction and I believe it, y'all. And my prediction is that Baker Mayfield and the Sooners are going to win the national championship. That I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Alabama is going to smoke Clemson and the Sooners are going to beat the Tide. That's how it's going to go down. And hopefully that will lead to 
um, a gold Semtex rating, which I, I would have to imagine he would have based on the way that that criteria is set. And we'll talk about Semtex at the draft season nears. But most importantly, that he's got big hands is uh, the appropriate height. I, I'm only really kind of half joking about that. Um, but he confirms at the combine and is the first w- overall draft pick because the guy is crazy accurate at every level. And if you watch him, he's just so special but then if you watch rosen you say man this guy he's got the size he's got the whole stuff he's got he looks like quintessential nfl passer and he's beautiful you know rocket arm all this actually of the three guys they all have rocket arms none of them have a rocket arm like uh lamar jackson if you're an arm guy you know if if, if all you can, if the first thing and the last thing that you look at is the, can the guy throw it over them mountains then lamar jackson should be your guy but oh guess what He's actually also pretty good from the pocket. He's actually he actually can make a lot of really really good throws at every level. He's not as consistent as Bayfield. Yeah, that's what I call him, y'all. And he's not as you know he, he doesn't hit those deep passes like Mahomey did. You know nobody does that. Not even actually Mayfield's kind of close to Mahomey, but um you know he's he's uh but he but he can still make those plays he can make a lot of really 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 pretty passes and he can do it with touch not every one of his passes are a fastball but he's got a cannon strapped to his shoulder and you can trust what i am telling to you all of that has been verified that's not even anything that you need to put up to subjectivity the guy has a cannon he can make pretty throws he's not quite all of that consistent but he can do all of those things and i haven't even mentioned that when he carries the ball he is one of the most talented individuals i have ever seen on the football field he is just the the lateral agility as occ as ocbb who is also brilliant pointed out on uh, one of his recent um, evaluations of the matter is is as good as or, or it's it's better than any of the running backs that are that are coming out, and the guy has a, a gear that is I mean the guy could revolutionize the game of football. Not that I would want him to. I would want to draft Lamar Jackson and uh, try to make him a at, at 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 most a bootleg passer, but but a pocket passer. You know, you got a couple of design boots that, that you know give him the opportunity to, to to get outside every once in a while. But I'm not even talking about you know uh, once a game. I'm talking about every you know couple of times, every once in a great while. But still, he having him having the ability once he hones his passing ability to take off because he could be deadly. Uh, as a, that's why when I started scouting all these quarterbacks, he was the first guy that I looked at, and I'm like, you know. I, I don't know who I who else that I'm going to look at and see a better guy because this guy right here looks like he's one of the most incredible uh, uh, prospects that I have ever seen. And Biz was like, "Dude, you got to check out Mayfield." Yeah, he didn't call him that. I'm just he called, you got to check out Baker Mayfield. And I'm like, "All right, man." And, and I did, and yeah, yeah, he was right. Baker Mayfield is like as good as Jackson is. It's like, yep, Mayfield's better. And I understand all that we're going to have this. And right now, it's kind of shaping up as Mayfield versus Rosen. All I'm saying is I love all of those guys. Uh, I, I, I like really <clears> – <throat> right now for me, it's kind of like Mayfield is my clear number one. And I'm kind of like – and I've kind of waffled on this. And I probably will. I'm sure that I will. And then 2A and 2B. 2A is Jackson and 2B is, is uh, um, <clears throat> Rosen. And I'm not even talking about Darnold because I don't know that he's if, until I know. In fact, I heard that he's not. I, I saw something recently that he's not declaring, so I'm not thinking about about him. There's also Finley and uh, a couple of other guys. Sidham, 
a uh, couple couple of other people out there. Josh Allen is intriguing uh, prospect uh, that people are talking about, and some others. But I'm just telling you right now, from my my amateur view, you know, I'm not Mel Kiper, I'm not Todd McShay. Those guys, they they don't they have a totally different eval. So we can you can compare when draft season comes around, whether good old EZ and the gang at the DB at the DBN Network and on Dogs by Nature, because I'm I'm, not, I'm really um, I'm, I'm not terribly outside of the norm of thinking. Uh, well, I mean, there's a there's a fa- there's factions certainly, but really it's between those guys. It's between Bayfield, uh, <laughs> the, the the chosen one as they call it, as as he's he's called as far as Rosen, and they, we, and we don't really have a good nickname for. Lamar Jackson yet, although the vehicle of choice for him is the Lamar Craft Carrier, no doubt about it. But those are kind of the big three, and a lot of those guys, uh, right now people are kind of looking at uh, Rosen as as the first guy and Allen in the mix, and kind of those other guys as fringy players. But you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see as this whole thing plays out. All of that to say that a strategy of not taking a guy, even if you think that he might be worth even though we said at the time that we didn't think that he was going to be worth, and, and ultimately this has got to be the crux of it, that us saying that we didn't think that Wentz is going to be a top-20 quarterback and now the guy is an MVP candidate in his second year, all right, I can understand uh, uh, you know, that sort of, of um, unnecessary you know, benchmark laying down, kind of like I'll jump in the lake if we go 1-15 again. It, it could uh, set you up for a, a bad time later on. But at the same time, if you're passing on a quarterback so that you can acquire assets, so that way you can build a quality team and also put yourself in a position to get a guy at some point, so you still get a guy at some point, but you also get a bunch more guys. Is that not a reasonable type of strategy, especially when we, especially when we are coming off a, a you know toxic uh, situation in a regime where we had to ri- you know rip everything apart and start totally over for the most part and we really did I mean the roster is I think I forget what the number is but it, it's less than 10 it's I think it's like seven or eight is the number of players total that we have left over on the roster from when Sashi took over and as I just mentioned the roster is it's better than it was I, I don't know you could I suppose you could argue with me about that, but I don't know anybody. I, I, you, you would have to make a compelling case about who was better, principally at the quarterback, wide receiver, and safety position. That would say that would that would offset how much better we are at literally every other position group on the roster. But hey, you can take me to task for this in the article section at the website dogsbynature.com. Dogsbynature.com. And here on the DBN Network, I am Easy Weave on the on uh, with my show Easy Does It here on. The DBN Network, where we are Browns fans talking to Browns fans, and so the idea that uh, that that we would have judged Wentz to not be a a top twenty quarterback, and now he's he's tearing it up, you know, and if that's if that's what this is all about, okay. Um, I, I again, I, I don't uh, I don't think that that's wise or or smart or anything of the sort. I th- and I think that it's going to. I, I am. I am really at this point. I really, really, very, very much um, hope that Sashi does not go work for uh, the Ravens or the Steelers or the Bengals. I, I just am so desirous that that not happen uh, because there's. I guarantee that there are people around the league that look at what he has done to this roster in two years and look at the draft capital that we have and say, "Yeah, you know what, dude? Um, I, I you know it, maybe you weren't good enough for Cleveland, but we'll we'll kick the tires 
I don't think that he's going to be unemployed very long. I could be wrong, you know, and, and maybe that maybe maybe I will be, but we'll, we'll find out soon enough. Uh, I, I think Sashi's going to end up picking up uh, with with somebody very quickly, actually, and and building a championship roster for them. Quite honestly, hopefully, he did a lot of that for us already. But look, um, you know, if we're able to uh, finish it off by whoever the new guy is. Because as I said, I could no long I could no more stop watching and loving this team than I could remove the heart from my chest and continue living. So whoever the new guy is, you know, it, it's 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 like this. Um, you know, it's not your fault that you, that your boss is uh, is is not a good owner from the standpoint of running an NFL team. It's it's not your fault that the guy that hired you. Um, fired the last five guys that he hired to do the job that you're doing. It's um, it may be your fault in in taking on this assignment with the knowledge that you're only going to get um two years, maybe to uh to to get this thing completely turned around. Um, but hopefully you're a guy that's got um. You know, whatever the stuff it is that you need to have to, uh, you know, be uh, that that Sunny Weaver character from uh, from Draft Day, maybe maybe. And, and at this point, whatever we can we can hire Kevin Costner for the role or for for the job. I'm I'm good with hiring Kevin Costner to be the GM at this point because uh, we're probably just going to fire the next guy any damn way. But you know, uh, whoever the next guy is, I'm I'm still going to to be pulling for, and that brings me to Hugh Jackson. It's pretty clear here that no what no matter what else happened well i you know, it seems that the conventional wisdom is very uh, has it very clear in their minds that this was the result of a power struggle that Hugh won and Sashi lost and i have no reason to to believe that it was anything other than that um i'm simply holding open the possibility that it could pen, it, it could not have been that it could have been squarely you know, Haslam looking at uh, at Wentz's stats every day, and finally, you know, in a fit of rage, says, "You're fired." I don't know. Uh, it's all spec. It's all rote speculation on my part. But let's just roll with uh, with the notion that Hugh won the power struggle here. If that that is the conventional wisdom, and that is the the prevailing thoughts, if that is at least as far as I've been able to ascertain. Thus, if if uh, if this thing doesn't get better next year. You know, Hugh is kind of really leveraging a lot on the future. And really, a lot of the guys that Sashi brought in are going to have to, you know, get better and improve if Hugh is going to ultimately succeed here. That's why it was always a precarious notion of getting rid of either one of them because it does kind of naturally follow that the other one isn't going to be very far behind. And that's kind of where we are here. Uh, Hugh now is going to have to assume the uh, the full uh, breadth and, and it may very well be that he takes on the the role of of GM for this team you know much in the way that uh, Belichick does or like he was trying to do in Oakland or like uh, Be- uh, um, um, like Butch Davis ultimately ended up doing towards the end of his time here and here's the thing um, I've been very critical of Hugh Jackson because Hugh Jackson to this point has been a bad coach. Hugh Jackson to this point has had a terrible first two seasons. Hugh Jackson 
has uh, conducted himself in what I would consider to be a much less than professional way. And and not to say that professionalism is the end-all, be-all of existence, but in this case, it was injurious to the healthy functioning of the organization, in my humble opinion. But, obviously, his, uh, his, his strategery and the tactics that he employed to um, effectuate it were uh, were effective and uh, and and uh, Haslam thus chose him and said goodbye to to uh, to, to Brown who again was very nag- magnanimous in his uh, departure letter uh about all of this and uh, which which makes me very sad because as I say he he did a very he, he did in my opinion a good job here even though you know I can say that even though I would have done things differently I I absolutely and I and I, I'm not even saying that with hindsight I was very effusive um I really wanted us to draft either uh, Wentz or Goff but I really wanted Wentz but I would have been fine with either one of them but I really wanted Wentz and I would have loved for us to, okay fine um, I realize that would have taken a whole different course. Those butterfly wings can't be unflapped. But even with that, I'm able to look at that situation and understand that while making that move would have made us winners right now, as perhaps might have Deshaun Watson uh, being drafted by us. You know, the converse is true. If he would have come here, maybe he doesn't tear his ACL. You know, maybe he just comes here and rips it up for the entire season. And right now we're leading the division and about to go to the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. You know, maybe that would have happened. I don't know. But you know what? Even if it would have, and even if uh, we we should have drafted Wentz, and that would have meant that we would have been winners right now, it doesn't mean that we couldn't have been winners another way. A way that involves us building a really solid roster and then going into this offseason with possibly the best quarterback draft class we have seen in a generation. And a whole bunch of other boatload of draft picks along with that to address basically two positions. Wide receiver and safety. One of those may be done. Josh Gordon looked great on Sunday, all things considered. I mean, you know, he can get better. He had, you know, he, he, certainly all that. Corey Coleman is, you know, he's he's had uh, his ups and downs, but I I'm st- I haven't uh, thrown in the towel on him. Three year rule. And all that, um, but I, I but I am disappointed in in him uh, for for a variety of reasons. But whatever, I'm not going to uh, belabor the point. Um, it is a better wide receiver posi- situation than it was just you know a couple of weeks back. And amazingly, with those two guys back in the lineup, Kenny Britt is playing better. I still am all about drafting. I would be fine with using the very next draft pick that we have after taking the quarterback number one overall on a wide receiver. I got no problem, and actually, I, I would be I would be thrilled with that. To some extent, it's a preference. Maybe not the preference because I haven't even gotten into um, the entire draft season yet. And and uh, obviously, you draft the player, you know, not the position. Uh, all that notwithstanding, um, we're, we are we are so well positioned to and and the kind of the tenor of the the farewell letter from the organization was well, you know, this off season is going to be so important that we need to uh, have the right guy in there to to make that decision you know to make because these decisions are too important as if the decisions that sashi has made to this point uh, were just so egregiously bad that uh, you know the and, and and i understand there are some people saying well they were egregiously bad we didn't draft wentz and then we had a chance to draft watson and instead of drafted wa- drafting watson we drafted peppers who has been terrible and he has been i have no not gonna get an argument for me out of that 
And then we drafted Kaiser, who has also been terrible. Yeah, I'll give you that. A little bit different of a situation, though, because he's a rookie quarterback, and it's it's just different with rookie quarterbacks versus you know first round rookie you know uh, free safeties that seem to have terrible uh, instincts, and and but you know still not uh, I'm, I'm not trying to pig pile on peppers here. Uh, I'm sa- I, what I am saying is that that is not an unreasonable um, position to take. Is that we we should have drafted quarterbacks. Uh, in those two positions, and that we would have been better off had we done so. Um, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm fine with that point of view, but I'm also looking at it like it wasn't necessary for us to get our guy in the first two years. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 you know, people say we didn't have to be this bad. I get that, but we, but we also didn't have to have all of this solved in two years. It did. It was. I mean, look. As bad as we have been, I already mentioned all the the records coming into these last couple of seasons. We were already really, 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 really bad before the start of last year. Putting up with two more really bad years, eh, I'm down. I was down then. Hopefully, we're not resetting the clock on that with this move. I'm only just barely teetering, uh, you know, off of the brink, you know. Uh, on, on landing on that conclusion because I'm uh, what what where I'm now shifting my attention to and again by the time you hear this it may have already been uh, determined and you 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 know something that I don't know uh, at this point if it's going to be Hugh then fine make just let Hugh be the guy um, with you know uh, counsel from from Ryan Grigson or whatever but let Hugh be the fine let Hugh go finish off this whole thing with the uh, Buku draft picks. That we uh, that we have remaining, I I just sincerely hope that the move is not to spend a a second round, which would be the number thirty three, a second round pick tender, uh for for uh, AJ McCarron. I just desperately hope that that is not what happens. What I hope happens is that we go into uh, the draft and Hugh drafts the guy that he likes. That he just he looks at who's out there, and I hope that that guy is uh, is Baker Mayfield. And I know that people say, "How can you possibly easy want him to?" Because look, I'm just saying, whoever the guy is, I want to be successful. That's it. I just, whoever the guy is, and and here's the here's the other thing. Now with this move, I now kind of am forced to invest a huge amount of uh, of hope capital into Hugh Jackson. Hugh's got to be the guy now. I was very much more comfortable with the idea of letting Hugh go and bringing in a new coach and keeping Sashi. Now that that's off the table, we, I, I, am, I am unfortunately gun against the wall 100% now behind Hugh not only staying but being the stabilizing force behind this franchise for a long time. Otherwise, we're just a hop, skip, and a jump away from you know this being... Uh, just the 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 wait the continuation of the wasteland it has already been this last bloody score that we have all lived through, and I am you know just deeply desirous that that whole thing end, and thus it now comes down to Hugh Jackson, um, and and I read somewhere some stupid thing about how well now maybe that he's got the sort of players that that he'll be able to get that he'll maybe hire an offensive coordinator next what the heck what sort of cop out i am not going to be without criticism of the man because he deserves it he has done a bad job coaching this team this year 
And I'm from a player standpoint, from a development standpoint, I have been, um, you know, I, I, ha- I have been somewhat supportive from the standpoint of the players do continue to play for him. And yeah, being a player's coach, that's important. And you know what? It actually is more important than the game management aspect of the game. But you know what? The game management aspect of the game is a reason why we are 1-27, Hugh. When you give your opponents an additional possession at the end of the half when you don't have to, that's a reason that you lose games, Coach Jackson. When you call timeouts, when your offense or when your defense has just you know gotten a big play and the other offense is discombobulated and it's a you know second and long situation, it's a two-minute drill at the end of the half, and you call timeout and give them an opportunity to not only regroup, but throw, you know, get the ball down the field and get in a range to score up, you know, before the half starts. That's the reason that we lose games. Now, you know what? I've been cutting you some slack all year because everybody in the NFL is bad at that. N- number one. Number two, well, Belichick's good at it. He's gotten better at it over the years because he's been coaching for a really, really, really long time. And even he makes stupid mistakes from time to time. All coaches seem to be deficient in this area. So you know what? Um, I- I'm willing to overlook it to an ex- to a degree, but a lot of this stuff is is over-the-top bad from the management of the game standpoint. So you know what? This is not... I'm not just coming at this with a fist, okay? I am also coming at this with, hopefully, a, a soothing arm around the shoulder because I love you. I do. You, you have to understand this. I do love you, and I want you to be successful. I am banking a ginormous amount of my future emotional capital and and happiness resource on you being successful. So all I'm saying is that I hope that, because I'm assuming that you're listening, whoever was that was able to get this to Joe, Thomas was also able to get this to you. Um, I love you, man, and I want you to be successful, but I just hope that part of all of this is as you are coaching more, you get better at all of this because you know i'm not the type of person that even though you have not been good i don't believe that you can't get better and certainly you know if uh, you feel like you got to get your guys and i'm hip to that i know that's the way this whole thing's got to be that you have to get your own players that you have to get your own guys that you have to get you know and, and and i hopefully a lot of the guys that are there on the team are your guys because what the about the only thing that would cause me to totally totally throw in the towel here is if we start complete and as I say that you can't see me but my foot is shaking with with nervousness and anxiety as I say as I ventured out so I can't read that Rubio post because it would it would probably uh, throw me into a full full on uh, heart stroke but I am the thing that would would just end it for me or or would come really close to it would be if we start looking at the guys that are on the roster right now like they're not our guys and we start giving up on guys like show Gilbert and Ogan Joby and Coleman, uh, you know the, the 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 tackle or the wide receiver um, or whoever else that you like, the valve, whoever else that you know, guys that we brought in that may not be uh, stars, but they're guys that you know you can just see if you give them a couple years to kind of ripen, they can be pretty good players for us. Not guys that you know you're going to necessarily count on to be superstars, but you know what? Here's the thing about that. Every team that is good to the extent that they are able to be in a you know a championship conversation, even the teams that are the most stacked. You look at the New England Patriots or the or the Seattle Seahawks or the Atlanta Falcons or the, whoever you know the Steelers. Those are teams that, at best, when you look at them, they probably only have one or two or three, maybe superstars on the entire roster and the the real key is 
is that one of them is the quarterback. You know, I mean that that's that's. But I mean, for all of them, I mean the 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 the, the Patsy's got they got Gronk, they got uh, I guess Cooks. I don't know if you if you can consider him in that in that uh, category. You know, McCourty um, certainly, and and uh, um. The linebacker whose name is uh, evades me. He played on the inside with uh, with with with, uh, with Jamie Collins. Uh, it'll it'll come to me. Hightower. Uh, yeah. So they got some, and 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 they have. So I mean, they got they got you know maybe more than than their normal share. But you think okay, you look at the Falcons. You know, Matt Ryan is you know Julio Jones. Um, anybody else is, is Alex Mack? Would you consider him in that in that category? Game chat? Well, maybe I guess possibly. I haven't really watched him this year. So I don't. Devontae Freeman, good player. I don't know that he's. You know, good player. I don't know that he's a a a one of these you know game changing elite, uh, you know a a blue chip type players that I'm that I'm talking about here. Certainly, you want to get as many of those guys as you can. But you know, when the Packers won the Super Bowl, they had Rodgers, they had Clay Matthews, and who else was Greg Jennings an elite wide receiver? Was Jordy Nelson an, an elite wide receiver at that time? Did they have anybody on their offensive line that was elite? And they had, you know, kind of the oh, Charles Woodson had an elite career. I, yeah, I guess he was he was at that, you know, playing at a very very high level at that point in time. Um, what I'm saying is that you you don't you only need to have, and we have, if we're able to get an elite quarterback. Well, that's look. Ultimately, if the goal here is to win a championship, and it is, it damn well better be. Well, then we're going to have to nail the quarterback. We're better positioned to do that than we have ever been. Thank you, Sashi Brown. I will continue with that for as long as you know we're, we're into all of this. We're better positioned to get the quarterback that we need to get than we have ever been. So let's hope that we get that guy. And once we have that guy, if that is an elite player, well, then who else? We got Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas is an elite uh, player. Miles Garrett looks like he has all the makings of an elite pass rusher. He could be an elite player for us. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Jamie Collins has had uh, elite production. And again, I mean, I, I don't want to because we get bogged down in these definitions, whatever. I'm just saying uh, we, 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 we kind of have some guys that, you know, are, are well, I mean, I've already uh, mentioned, mentioned Josh Gordon. Uh, if he's able to fully realize and come back uh, at the full strength, and, and certainly if he's able to come into next year and play like he did in 2013, then yeah. We've got, we got. You see where I'm going with this? We got a lot of, of you know, and, and those are players that we can legitimately consider elite. Danny Shelton might even be kind of, sort of in that that uh, conversation in terms of uh, you know, a gap, ta- uh, uh, yeah, uh, defensive tackles, and um, I, I wouldn't. I mean, McCourty is playing at that level this year, but I don't know that you could, you know, you can't really extrapolate that over the course of a career, and that's what we're talking about here. Guys that not only are at that level or guys that project to be at that level and be on the team for a long period of time. Emmanuel Ogba, uh, pretty pretty close himself, but he's probably more of just a a, a good player. Joe Schobert is is a you know looking like he's going to turn out to be a good player. Breon Body Calhoun looks like he's going to turn out to be a good player. Notice a lot of these guys are on defense. Uh, and there's, you know, like I say, DeValve looks like he's going to turn into a pretty good player. Sean Coleman looks like he's going to turn into a pretty good player. So we've got a bunch of pretty good players on the team, along with a couple that either are or are knocking on the door, taxiing down the runway of becoming elite players. We get that quarterback in place, and we're ready to go. And you know what? As much as I appreciate Sashi, I will, you know, pretty much get over it if we're able to draft that guy, plug him in, and that is able to give uh, Hugh what he needs to actually start winning some damn games, which is all really um, any of us want. 
But you know, at the at the end of uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the year, at the end of the the uh, front office career cycle, and probably certainly now at the end of this uh, uh, podcast. If you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always got. We haven't quite gone all the way of doing what we've always done, but this was, I think, very clearly the the worst of the two options we had. Well, of the of of if if it was if it needed to be that one of these guys had to go, we fired the wrong guy. I, I got no problem saying that. At the same time, um, Hugh uh, has now an opportunity, hopefully to, you know, um, see whatever the grievances that he has had be met, and hopefully there's there's truth to it, and it's uh, not just a, a an elaborate CYA campaign that we, as in you and I, those of us that, that love these beloved Roarange helmets since before they even were Roarange, and certainly before any of the people that I've spent all of this time talking about were even involved with this organization, uh, much less calling the shots or being on the field playing for them right now. Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love these guys, and I'm going to be really happy, no matter how it turns out, if we're able to uh, to build a winner out of this. Uh, maybe the the move will be, and again, you know, again, I, I don't need to keep disclaiming this, but by the time you hear this, it may have already been determined. Maybe the move will be here to officially name Paul De Podesta as the general manager. You know, maybe, maybe the um, the thinking here is this is this is okay. You hung with me now for the full, you know, what hour and a half. And as I close this out, I will, after talking through this, you know, going through my own therapy, so to speak, here with you, uh, I come to finally a possible silver lining, right? Um, maybe this leads to De Podesta taking on the official, um, you know, general manager, executive vice president of football contemplations vis-a-vis the uh, personnel uh, machinations department of redundancy department whatever it is that his title becomes he um you know it could be justified that you know when we brought him along it was for a role that he has served in and served in well um but really we we would have at the time uh made him these the, the the position that we're putting him in right now but it just wasn't feasible in any of our minds including very much his own that he to jump he were he to jump directly into a a position of that stature and with that level of responsibility coming directly from baseball he's now been part of the organization though now for two two years and so he has um, you know, obviously learned more about the, the way that the differences between the two sports. But we are very excited about what those learned differences portend to, uh, you know, the talent that has been, you know, acquired that he's been a part of as well. And also how he's going to be able to assist in continuing to add to that with more, um, overall control of of those team operations uh, but working in concert with Hugh Jackson who we expect to and hope to be our coach for well into the future um, so something like that could be a, uh, a, a a a way that this could turn out you know in the affirmative 
And then you just hope that uh, De Podesta will, you know, do the right thing and that uh, he will consult with analytics and analytics will um, determine that uh, that in his benevolence that, uh, well, it's benevolence, the, the benevolence of analytics that we will uh, draft Baker Mayfield or Josh Rosen or Lamar Jackson. And then that guy is probably going to struggle as a rookie. But hopefully um, the struggle will show enough improvement, certainly not of the 0-12 variety, but enough improvement that um, we're able to you know, keep on keeping on for another year with Hugh at the helm. Because at this point, that's, that's really the only hope that's left. The, the, the hope that's left now, this is the only option. And, and I, I, I'm... I'm this is intelligence guided by experience. This is the book on the situation. Now, we are halfway through. Of, uh, we are halfway to a blowup, and blowups means we stay worse for longer. That's what that means. The equation is: we blow up, we continue to stay bad for longer. So now we are halfway there. Thus, the only hope is that Hugh Jackson. The only hope is in Hugh Jackson. Now, that is the hope. The hope is that, first of all, that that uh, in, in my own case, I will hope that my analysis of all of this uh, has been wrong to some degree. But you know what? I'm not going to hold out too much hope for that because I've seen this whole thing uh, materialize like a slow moving train, and I don't um, I don't hold back any in any way at all. Uh, my my absolute um, now blaming I, I my 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 assignment of responsibility in this regard directly to Coach Jackson. And that will be um, my, that, that's that is my perspective, and that's not going to change vis-a-vis the, the the way that all of this has started. At the same time, him getting better and improving is the option that we have. I mean, I, it, the best option would have been to the best option would have been to keep Sashi and keep you. And you tried to, you know, build what they and, and they continue trying to build on, on uh, you know, what they, they started here. That's no longer in place. So now the best option, the only option really that we have is to keep you and to, um, you know, be patient and hope that he gets better. And, and that he's, you know, when he makes his mistakes in selecting draft picks, if that's how all this turns out, uh, that he gets better at that too. Because right now... He's got the, uh, the 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 confidence. He's got the ear of the only guy that matters, the only people that matters, the the owners. So since he's got those guys, since he's got those people, um, let's let's hope that he's able to parlay that to his advantage. They will give him what is needed more than anything else, either for a coach or a front office if we are ever going to be good. And my friends, the prospects of that do not look particularly bright as of this moment. But the element that will be needed if that is ever going to be reversed is time. And maybe, uh, you know, Hugh's relationship will enable him to uh, to get that, that all-elusive uh, element. And, uh, and from there improve and you know improve with uh, with better players you know better players can make better coaches certainly 
And if we're able to, by hook or by crook or by dumb luck or or chance or by uh, you know a holdover from the Sashi scouting crew being able to uh, pound the table in just the right way, or the homeless guy tells Jimma the right guy this time around, we end up getting that quarterback. Well then, let's uh, let's enjoy that and let's look forward to that potential future. Um, but right now, uh, today, I just got to tell you, I uh, my, my 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 levels of of coping this went from um, you know dread because it was like a what the hell you know him Raymer texts me that he's he's irate and I'm like I don't even know what happened so now I'm dreading to hear the news so it goes from dread to you know shock but shock followed immediately by kind of melancholy it was weird uh, you know lethargy almost and then to sadness. Um, and now it has, and and then disgust. I, I really and I really luxuriated in the in the disgust portion of this whole process. And then I guess now bargaining. Hey, you know, we could do this. We could do this. We do, we could do this. And uh, and and now I just uh, I'm, I'm to the end of it. And uh, you know, accepting that it probably just means that we're going to be we're, we're probably just going to be uh, worse for longer than we needed to be. Zero uh, and sixteen seems like a genuine. Um, uh, uh, possibility now, not because of you know anything that because obviously Sashi doesn't affect the the team, but yeah, I, I think that this stuff does affect the team. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but we'll see. In the meantime, you know, one of the reasons why uh, I can never uh, give up this team, even though it would be uh, attractive to do so, possibly in days like this, uh, is you guys. Um, I, I really, the, I you mean more to me than you know, and the relationship that we have uh, that. Um, that I know how much this means to you. I know how much it means to me, and I know how much it means to you. Uh, you know that that means as much to me as as this whole team, as as all of it. Uh, us us becoming a winner, um, this uh, preserving the heritage, all that. You guys matter um, more, honestly, to me than than that. It's 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 that bond that to me holds all of this together. And without it, I I no doubt would have would have given up a while back. Um, like my dad did, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, and like a lot of people did, you know, when this team, you know, moved that the team moving ripped, you know, it, it did felt like they ripped my heart out of my chest when, when that happened. And yet I've been, uh, faithfully standing here, sitting here, waiting here for 18 years for, uh, for us to get back to, uh, you know, where we were at the end of the 1994 season when we went 11 and five after the, the, you know, fourth year of Belichick's plan had come together. And uh, it wasn't a fluke that we went eleven and five. His plan was coming together, and we were we were about to be a really damn good team. And we <laughs> been over this, talked about this before. And I have been, you know, wanting us to get back to that. And we were so oh so close. I you know I thought in O two, and then Al Lerner died, and uh, his son was unable to uh, garner the interest. Uh, or just get lucky enough to hire the people that could turn it around. Now we've got a guy that uh, actively sabotages the effort. But I hope that uh, I hope that um, I, you know I, I can do this. I can hope that I'm wrong, and that that uh, that Jimmy and Hugh have a bond that and it, well that appears to be obvious. I will say uh, I'll say it this way: that Hugh's bond with Jimmy enables him to remain in that position uh, for a long time. 
And even as bad as Hugh has been this year, and even as um, problematic as his coaching has been, uh, and and even as you know injurious, obviously as his uh, backbiting uh, turned out to be here, um, he's got to be the guy now. He's got to be the stabilizing force. We've got to keep this together. We've got to keep this plan together one way or another. Uh, and, and the way that it needs to be done right now is, is Hugh. It would be great if we're able to you know, promote somebody from within. Like I say, the, the, the possibility of Deep Podesta would be ideal, which means it's not going to happen. But, hey, um, as I always like to say, being a Browns fan means that one day you're going to die. And with that, I bid you a farewell, a good night. I love you. I do. Um, but you guys mean the world to me. I hope that um, whatever else is going on in your world, that uh, you are that you are well. I, I started the program, and I'll end it by uh, sending my best wishes uh, for you know a, a quick end to, and then uh, rapid recovery from the wildfires that are ravaging that uh, that entire um, area out there. And so um, I, I I appreciate you being here uh as i do every time that you are here uh and uh you know we'll uh we'll 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 keep plugging away i will talk to you god willing again on uh, on sunday after the browns hopefully you know are able to pull off their first win of the year against the brent hundley led green bay packers but until then my name is easy weave this is he does it on the dbn network and i appreciate you more than i can possibly say good night Good luck. God bless. So. Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. <laughs> We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find us anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. 
when you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.